your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, May 20th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. Today's show is being brought to you by rockauto.com. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown Raiders podcast sent you. I'll tell you more about rockauto.com later on in today's show. And uh, coming up on today's show, have an action-packed show for you as I do each and every day. Uh, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 still have a ton of t- uh, feedback from tuesday's show got some good feedback from wednesday's show uh just a lot of good uh content man either audio like i said calls or text straight out that locked on raider podcast voicemail line so i definitely appreciate that that's coming up in segment number three segment number two i mentioned some of the good feedback from wednesday's show and that was pro football focus the conversation about Derek carr that i had on the show and so i actually have a couple really good texts that go together uh and i'm going to talk about that it has to do with Derek Carr and and just kind of explanations. A couple of great listeners of the Locked On Raider podcast uh, hit hit me up on the on the text line and sent a couple of good texts. So I want to go ahead and share those texts in segment number two, but then speak on them. So I figured that that I could just use as a separate segment. So we'll do that. Uh, talk a little bit more about Pro Football Focus, the ranking of Derek Carr, and and kind of the explanation, talking about wins losses as a quarterback, and uh, also talking about what John Gruden can do with certain type of quarterbacks as uh, as his quarterback. So we'll talk about that in segment number two here in segment. Number one, just news and notes of the day, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. The first piece of news I wanted to pass along, and really I want to pass this along because I was talking about it. I've talked about it with Vinny Bonsignor on Las Vegas Review Journal and Raider Nation Radio 920. I've talked about it with him many times. I've talked about it on this show many times, and that's the Raiders and their fifth-year options. And and I bring this up because Jonathan Abram, Josh Jacobs, and Clee Furrell all are going to have to uh, get their fifth-year option, or the Raiders are going to have to make a decision on their fifth-year option coming up next season. So uh, next year in May, they're going to have to make a decision on if they're going to pick up the fifth-year option on those guys. Well, uh, to Sean Reed from The Athletic actually put out a piece, and Mike Sando put out a piece from The Athletic, but Sean Reed uh, pointed it out where the Raiders stand as far as their fifth-year options uh, from 2011. And the Raiders have only picked up 50% of the fifth-year options on their first-round picks since 2011, which is tied for the 23rd lowest rate in the league. And to be fair, they've only had six people that are eligible because in 2011, they didn't have any uh, first-round draft picks, and in 2012, they didn't have a first or a second-round draft pick. So uh, they only have six players that were available. DJ Hayden in 2013 was a first-round pick. Of course, it didn't get picked up. 2014, Khalil Mack was a first-round pick. He got picked up. 2015, Amari Cooper, his got picked up. But then 2016, Carl Joseph, no-go. 2017, Garyon Conley, no-go. In 2018, Colton Miller, and they picked his up, but they also extended him. So next year, like I said in May, Jonathan Abram, Josh Jacobs, and Cleve Farrell. Now, ideally, you would have two out of three of those guys get picked up. I mean, you don't want to go ahead and get these guys in the first round, and then they're gone, and you're not able to get them to a second contract. That's when you know that they're a good player is when they make it to that second contract. And so far for you know the Raiders... They haven't even had Khalil Mack never got a second contract with the Raiders, neither did Coop because they got traded, but their fifth-year option did get picked up. So out of all those guys, only one dude 
actually got a, a, a second contract with the Raiders, and that was Colton Miller. And before that, it was Darren McFadden. And, and that's, that's really sad. It's really sad that that's the case when you have all these first-round draft picks and you can't get them to be successful with your team and even get their fifth-year option picked up. But, again, Jonathan Abram, Josh Jacobs, and Cleve Farrell. Josh Jacobs, I feel pretty good about, even though I know he's got a lot of wear and tear on his tires, got a lot of carries that he has under his belt after two years in the league. Who knows how he's going to be used this year with Kenyon Drake. I'm sure that they're going to split the carries evenly, so that might help preserve him. It might help him get through 16 games. Actually, I mean 17 games. Clee Farrell, right now, I would just happen to lean to they're probably not going to pick up the fifth-year option on him. And Jonathan Abram, he's definitely not picking up the fifth-year option on him right now. You know, But again, if he goes and has a big year this year under Gus Bradley, maybe things will change. And that could go for Clee Farrell as well. Josh Jacobs, I feel great about. Clee Farrell, I'm on the fence. I, I, I'm thinking, I'm leaning no. And Jonathan Abram, I know for a matter of fact that uh, if the decision had to be made today, it would be no. So those are the next three guys up. And then after that, it'll be Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs, and then Alex Leatherwood, who's the first round pick this year. So there you go. So, so far, the Raiders tied for 23rd, 50% as far as picking up the, the fifth-year option on their first round guys. And the rate that is expected, a hit rate that is expected is 67. So they're definitely below the expected hit rate on first round draft picks. I also wanted to play this piece of audio. It's Charles Woodson getting Raider Nation prepared for the upcoming season there at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the Raiders tweeted this out probably about a week ago. It was called Act 1, Scene 1, Las Vegas. And the reason I'm doing this is my guy, uh, Tysta. He tweeted at me, at Tysta120. He said, Q, yo, from two minutes through the end, you have to capture this audio for the podcast. Save it for when you want to get the listeners pumped or something. This got me hyped. And so I thought, hey, that's a good that's a good point. You know, I checked it out, thought it was great. And so uh, it's always good to hear from Charles Woodson, right? So here we go. Quiet, it's almost over, Raider Nation. As I walk through this stadium, and I listen to the silence. All I do is think about you. Magic, Raider Nation, one by one, filling the stands to root on your team. Why? Because that's what we do. Al Davis talked about the fire that burns within each and every one of you is an individual fire. And that fire is contagious. And it'll light a fire under each and every player on this team. And they'll understand what you need from them. Work hard. Make plays. This game gonna put us on the map. Yes, sir. Let's go. So Raider Nation, let's get ready. Let's get ready to scream. Let's get ready to yell. And let's get ready to cheer on our team. Let's go! And we'll see you in beautiful Las Vegas, the home of Raider Nation. So there was Seawood, Charles Woodson right there talking about Allegiant Stadium, trying to get Raider Nation pretty fired up for the upcoming year and the fact that fans are going to be able to be at Allegiant Stadium. Of course, like I mentioned, the, the video part of it is great, you know, kind of showing the stadium and different, you know, it has the Al Davis torch and shows the team. It's just really, really cool. So if you're on Twitter, uh, go ahead and check the Raiders Twitter account out and you'll see that. And uh, just like Tysa, get a little bit hyped up and fired up and excited about the upcoming year of Raiders football. My next note for you, I guess it's going to be a note until it's not anymore, and that's uh, Julio Jones, Falcons wide receiver. He's still out there on the trade block, or at least the conversations about him being on the trade block are still out there. And according to Albert Breer from uh, SI, he put out that the Raiders are really the only team that he's hearing that are really potential suitors for the 32-year-old wide receiver. And I'm not saying that that means it's going to happen. Uh, I've said it before that I thought that uh, Vinny Bonsignor was really kind of uh, letting it be known that he knew a little something-something that the Raiders were really interested in Julio Jones when he was very adamant about uh, what the Raiders could give up or what 
they might want to give up and and if it would be a good addition. And look, that could have been him just talking and, and just talking about what the offense would look like with a dynamic guy like Julio Jones. To me, it felt like he, he knew a little bit more than he was leading on. But either way you look at it, uh, it's going to be a conversation until either he gets traded to another place that's not the Raiders or they go into the season and he's still with the Falcons and then going up towards the trade deadline, they're not playing very well. Then all of a sudden it's going to be a conversation again. If, if he's still on the Falcons in the regular season and they get off to a terrible start, I'm sure he'll get traded by the trade deadline. If they get off to a really hot start and then all of a sudden this offense is firing off and really killing with Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and, and Kyle Pitts, then they'll probably think about, well, you know what? Maybe we'll just keep on rolling with this and see if we can win right now. But either way you look at it, man, I just think that this Julio Jones conversation is going to be a conversation. Obviously, there's not going to be any movement on it till at least June 1st, and then it's going to really pop up hot and heavy. And so just buckle up, Raider Nation. I know there's a lot of times, and I get tired of it too, always hearing the Raiders' name you know, mixed in with every single person that's either get traded released every conversation always has to do with the Raiders as well well this is one that's just going to get probably annoying and it's going to get old and you're just going to have to deal with it because it's going to be there until something happens and shakes out where the Raiders are eliminated from that conversation but still Julio Jones and like I said according to Albert Breer the Raiders as far as he hears is still the only team that's really a potential suitor for him and my final little nugget is that the A's plan on meeting with Southern Nevada officials next week. This is according to Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. said the A's plan to meet with Southern Nevada officials next week as they begin to tour possible stadium sites. The city of Henderson has not been contacted yet about the A's plan multi-day visit. But they are going to be out and about in, uh, in the Las Vegas area. So uh, look for the A's to try to start making some moves and uh, start the relocation process, even though it's going to be a lot longer than just, you know, hey, go to go visit and then boom it's a done deal but the city's exclusive negotiation agreement with the renaissance companies expired last month which was tied to trying to build a major league soccer stadium at the cashman field site near downtown las vegas so now that that's out of the way the city can now entertain other options for the 50 acre site including a possible major league baseball stadium so there's that so just know that the a's are going to go on their little tour of where they could possibly play next i just fully believe in my heart they're going to end up in las vegas at some point whenever their uh, lease is up at the coliseum and then they'll be on their way to vegas after that i just think that that's how it's all going to shake out but they are beginning their tour and vegas is a the spot they'll be next week so that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, got a couple texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line that I want to get to that have to do with Wednesday's conversation about pro football focus, their rankings, where they had Derek Carr ranked at number 13 overall as the 32 starting quarterbacks. They ranked them 1 to 32, and Derek Carr came in 13. So we're going to have a conversation about that. Got a couple great texts that I want to get to just to talk exclusively about that. That's going to come up next after I tell you about rockauto.com. They're the title sponsor of today's show. Not only that, they're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. You got to go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they've got everything, engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. You need it, they got it. Doesn't matter if your car's a classic or a daily driver. Everything you need is a few easy clicks away and it's delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brand, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right. The prices at rockauto.com are super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, the only thing I ask you to do is write in the little box that says, how'd you hear about us? Write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I'm doing my job. 
Great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is at rockauto.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into a couple text messages. And every once in a while, we'll get a couple, either a call or a text that I think is really, really good. And I just want to be able to spend more time with it instead of just kind of rushing through it like I do in segment number three because we have so much feedback. I want to take some time and be able to talk about it, explain it, break it down a little bit, something, something. So that's what we're going to do here in segment number two on uh, on Wednesday's show. I talked about Pro Football Focus and their ranking of, of Derek Carr and, and what they were saying about him. They had him number Number 13 out of the starting 32 quarterbacks in the league. And basically what they said about him, if you don't remember or you didn't hear the show, uh, they ranked him 13th. They said Derek Carr finished 2020 with the eighth best PFF passing grade and more than doubled his big time throws from the previous season. He also engineered the only meaningful loss the Chiefs experienced during the regular season. Carr and the Raiders finished that game with 265 yards on six explosive pass plays. And they are calling explosive pass plays 15 plus yards. Then Bruce Grakowski is the one who actually uh, wrote this. He said, that being said, why are there still lingering questions every offseason about Carr and his future with the Raiders? He continues to prove himself as a pure passer from the pocket and also showed the ability to be more aggressive downfield, but the game is changing. There comes a time when a quarterback must tuck in and run for a first down or make a play in a key situation. Sometimes Carr gets careless with the football in the pocket and he's prone to sack fumbles. Carr has yet to get the Raiders over the hump and they are not a contender in the playoff picture and that's what has him ranked number 13. And I just didn't agree with 10, 11, and 12 sitting in front of him. I thought that that was a little little bit okay whatever you know and just real quick don't want to go over the whole thing and do the same subject but Baker Mayfield was 10 Matt Stafford was 11 Ryan Tannehill was number 12 I have no problem saying that I take Derek Carr over any of those guys any day of the week and twice on Sunday so that was mainly the gist of the conversation on Wednesday's show so got a text message got a couple good text messages I want to get to and really want to be able to spend some time with it this one First one comes from a new booty from D.O. Raider. He says, hey, Q, call me D.O. Raider. I'm a new booty here. Anyways, after listening to your last pod about PFF quarterback ranking, I have to ask, do you believe in quarterback wins as an official stat? And should it be in the evaluation part of quarterback rankings? And then he said, personally, I think this narrative is a fallacy, a media-driven narrative that was created to support or criticize desired quarterbacks. Football is a team sport will always be, and winning games requires every player or coach to do their job together. Quarterback position may be the single most important part, but below average quarterbacks have good win-loss records and decent quarterbacks have bad ones. This has some correlation to the quarterback support cast and their talent on the field. I cannot fully say that a quarterback wins a game by himself. They can have game-winning drives and put the team in position to win, but it's all a team effort. Regarding the PFF list, I feel having Brady at number two is a prime example of supporting cast help. Brady isn't the same Brady as before, but his support cast is excellent and helped him win games. I'm not saying he's not good. He's the GOAT. Just saying number two quarterback last season is stretching it. I feel like quarterbacks on winning teams get the benefit of the doubt and helped out with their evaluations. With this ranking, D.C. didn't get much help over the others, yet had better games, ratings, and stats than Mayfield and Stafford. Overall, quarterback wins isn't a stat and inflates the evaluation of quarterbacks. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Raiders. That's from D.O. Raider. And I like that text. And the reason I like it, even though it's lengthy, I like it because because I do think quarterback wins is, you know, is an overrated stat. I believe quarterbacks and coaches, those are the only two positions on the field or two positions in football that actually have, you know, winning percentage. And they actually keep track of that. And I've said this before. I've had these shows before. Does anyone know what the starting wide receiver, does anyone know what Darren Waller's win-loss record is? 
You know what I mean? Like, no. Does anyone know what Josh Jacobs' win-loss record is? No. They don't keep track of those stats, you know, but everyone knows what the quarterback's win-loss record is, and everyone knows what the head coach's win-loss record is, and that's it. But the starting center, doesn't nobody even know how many games the starting center's played. You know I mean? That's that's my point. I know I can look it up and, and come up with the number, but my point is nobody cares about the other, you know, guys on the field. There's 11 guys on each side of the ball, and only one guy has a win-loss record that anybody cares about. That's the quarterback. And there's a bunch of coaches on the sideline. There's only one coach that everyone gets is a, a rip about about win loss record and that's the head coach so uh, yeah I do think it's it's a, a overblown stat and I think that it's a it, it can really kind of draw and, and, and cause you to, to think a certain way but I will say I do want a quarterback that wins you know what I mean like I, I don't just care about the official numbers but I do want a, a quarterback that I believe is a winner and so when you start talking about Tom Brady yeah he might not be the same Tom Brady but similar to Michael Jordan when he was getting older in, in his career he wasn't the same high-flying guy that would you know fill up the stat sheet with 35 points a game and just athletically beat the brakes off you but he found other ways to win so when you say that Tom Brady probably shouldn't be number two I would disagree with that I would think that he is number two uh, right behind Mahomes because Mahomes was a stud Tom Brady, he makes everyone about around him better. When Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay, the janitor there at the stadium got better. You know, everyone around him got better. Tom Brady demands that. And I've been looking for a guy like that on the Raiders. Who can the Raiders have that makes everyone around him better? That's what they need. When Charles Woodson returned to the silver and black when he came back from Green Bay as a free agent and he started playing safety. He wasn't the same athletic dude. He wasn't the same lockdown corner that he was when when he left the Raiders and went to Green Bay as a free agent. But he came back and he had so many smarts upstairs up in his brain. He knew how to play the game at a high level without having to use the same amount of athletic ability. And he was a damn good player for that defense and actually helped the defense and helped those guys around them get better. That's my point. So Tom Brady, I still think is, is at the upper echelon. And I think that he puts players in the right position to succeed. I'll tell you right now, Antonio Brown's never been a winner. He's been a damn good wide receiver, but he made Antonio Brown a winner. He made Mike Evans a winner. He helped make all those guys there in Tampa Bay a winner. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a he's just that kind of a dude. So I would disagree with you there. Uh, I definitely believe he was at least number two. He could have been number one as a Super Bowl champ. He just went to there after 20 years in, in New England and just brought home a Lombardi trophy. I mean, that you've got to give him credit for that. And yes, he does have a good supporting cast around him. And that's the other thing. Those guys wanted to go play with him. That's the other thing. that Those guys wanted to go play with him. You know, Gronk came out of retirement to go play. Antonio Brown did everything he could to get there. I mean, they had guys, you know, Leonard Fournette, he gets released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He signs on a deal to go to go to Tampa Bay. You know, I just there were so many players that wanted to go play with him because they knew that they had a fighting chance to get over the hump and, and, and win a ring as long as they had Tom Brady. So that would be my argument with that. But no, I do think that the win-loss record for a quarterback is definitely overrated. And then my next text came from Silver Black Hole from the Valley. Says, hey, what's up, Q? Silver and Black Hole from the Valley here. Just wanted to give a couple thoughts on Derek Carr pro football rankings and hopefully drop some knowledge for all the skeptics. Derek Carr is not a perfect quarterback by any stretch of the means and absolutely agree he needs to take care of the ball in the pocket as well as continue to extend plays. But Raider Nation, can we please put some things into perspective about Carr? If John Gruden could win a Super Bowl with Brad frickin' Johnson, who threw for 3,049 yards that season and never had more than a 4,005-yard season his entire 15-year career, can't we cut Carr some slack? If Carr takes a step back and gets worse, I get it. The criticism will come. But he's progressed. Like you said, anyone can see that. 
One other thing, the year Tampa Bay smacked the Raiders in the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay's defense was ranked fifth overall. Maybe this year our defense could capitalize and give Carr more opportunity to score points. Love what you do, Q. Just win, baby. That's from Silver and Black Hole from the Valley. And, yeah, I wanted to bring up your text because I, I totally get it. John Gruden won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson, but at the same time, he had that fifth-ranked defense. That was the thing. I mean, his offense worked, and we all know how he runs his offense and how he's going to want to take the air out of the out of the ball and really hold on to the, the ball for most of the game, you know, have that, that time of possession. But that defense was so stinking good, and the Raiders' offense was so stinking that good that year, but that Tampa Bay defense made them look like a, a joke in the Super Bowl. I mean, it just made Rich Gannon look like a normal dude. So, yeah, I mean, he won with Brad Johnson, and Brad Johnson had 3,049 yards that season, but the game was played differently that season as well. And leading up to, you know, all those years, uh, you know, it's just really opened up where it's such a passing league that 4,000 yards is not a really that big a deal anymore. I mean, a lot of folks are throwing for 4,000 yards. But to your point, Derek Carr has gotten better each and every year under John Gruden. He did start to move uh, with his legs in 2020, which is something that I really wanted to see him do. Extend plays, extend plays, extend plays. I would say for Derek Carr to take that next step this year, it's all about ball security. It's got to be about that ball security in the pocket, those strip sacks. I know he doesn't throw a whole lot of interceptions. I can live with the interceptions because they're always a minimal. He does a great job with that. But I cannot live with the strip sacks and, and him losing the ball and fumbling in the in the pocket. Those are critical, and those are almost game changers. Those, those will base, basically break your back. And then the defense, who you just feel pretty good about because they just got off the field, they all of a sudden get that the, the air taken out of their sail because they just seen the quarterback drop the ball, put it on the ground, and the other team gets it. So now they're back on the field. So that's one of those things. He wants to take that next step. I would say that's what it is. Continue to extend plays like you did in 2020, but you've got to find a way to hold on to the rock. You've got to not turn the ball over like that. You cannot fumble, and he does that a lot. Matter of fact, I want to say he led the league in 2020. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I want to say he led the league in 2020 with strip sack fumbles that were recovered by the other team. That just cannot happen. You've got to be able to eliminate that from your game. That's that's another thing about Derek Carr and him moving forward. So look, the thing about it, so funny, on Wednesday's show, I didn't have a problem with him being 13th. I think that that's kind of fair. It's middle of the pack. You know, there's 32 starting quarterbacks. He's 13th. He's actually better than middle of the pack. I'm fine with that. I just didn't really like Number 10, 11, and 12. You know, I didn't like uh, Baker Mayfield, didn't like Matt Stafford, didn't like Ryan Tannehill. I, I think that those three guys uh, get way more credit than they deserve for what they have done. And look, Matt Stafford hasn't done anything. Now, he might go and ball out with the Rams, but he hasn't really done anything yet. He put up, put up big numbers, but, you know, going back to, to what my guy said before about wins and losses, he wasn't able to lead his team to victories. And so, I mean, yeah, you could put up a lot of numbers and, and get a lot of L's, and it doesn't really matter. But again, the Detroit Lions were a bad team. I, I get it. I totally get it. But still, I mean, you can't just really put him up as an upper echelon quarterback or, a, you know, a top, a top 12 quarterback if he can't find ways to win any kind of games. You know what I mean? So we'll see what Stafford does this year in L.A. with the Rams. Now, if he comes out there and he's just, you know, he's the dude and you can see that he's a huge upgrade over, over Jared Goff, which I still am not 100% uh, in, in belief that he is. If you can see that he's just a huge upgrade, then okay, fine. 
I'll, I'll go back and say, hey, I apologize. But right now, 10, 11, and 12, I didn't like them being in front of uh, Derek Carr because, again, I take him every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I really just wanted to kind of spend some time with those two texts. I thought that they were great, Silver and Black Hole from the Valley, and also my guy, D.O. Raider. Definitely appreciate those texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts, and it'll be about a bunch of different subjects, not uh, Derek Carr and the Pro Football Focus rankings. That's coming up in segment number three. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here of the show. And of course, first one is betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action. Baseball season's here. NBA playing games are going on. NHL, UFC, MMA. Lots of fun, man. Before the next pitch, before the next bucket, the next goal, or the next knockout, before any of that happens, go on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines, man. Get into the game. Head to the website, mobile device, or your laptop and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use betonline.ag and you use the promo code Locked On. That's the key. You got to go to the website, of course, but you got to use the promo code Locked On. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. I also want to tell you about Built Bar, and I've been telling you about Built Bar for a long time, and by now you know that there's nine flavors that they're really focusing in on. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. I mentioned on a Wednesday show that I did get the email from Built Bar talking about birthday cake with sprinkles. That's a, that's a flavor that they have for a limited time right now. They're calling it a new flavor, but it was actually part of that March Madness challenge that they had uh, back in March when the NCAA tournament was going on. They got it right now. They say shop now, limited time only. So if birthday cake is the one that you like, go on and get it right now. It is a, it's a good flavor if you like birthday cakes. Let me tell you like that. If you're a birthday cake type fan, it's a really good flavor. Me, it's a little too sweet for me, but that's just me. If you uh, if you like things that are sweet and they're good for you anyway, so you can definitely go ahead and, and get that and you'll enjoy it. But uh, any of those other nine flavors are available right now. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 is going to save you 15% off of a really good tasted protein bar. Plus, it's great for you. That's the other thing. It is great for you. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 is going to save you 15% when you check out at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's go ahead and get things started with Nick calling from Connecticut. He's calling to talk about Tuesday's segment. My salute to Raider Nation. He explains what his fandom has been like. Here he is, Nick in Connecticut. Hey Q, it's Nick out in Connecticut, 860. Just wanted to uh, give you a shout out and let you know that I just finished up segment number two and what a great segment. Really a great segment. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I've, I've always been proud to be a, a, a Raider fan no matter what. Um, been a fan since I was about 10 years old. Uh, that's a good 20 years now. Um, and yeah, it's just been, uh, it's been a whirlwind, uh, being a fan of the Raiders. And it's nice to know that there are Many other people in the Raider Nation who appreciate the Raiders uh, day in, day out. And so it's an honor being a, far, a part of the the fan base of Raider Nation. And uh, just hearing you say about um, 
you know, all the uh, apparel in the closet. Can't I can't seem to count on two hands how many hats, how many Raiders hats I have now at this point. But uh, yeah, I'm Raider Nation till I die for sure. No matter how many people at work give me a hard time. Oh, you're a Raiders fan. I don't care. Raiders through and through. Ride or die, Raiders. Raider Nation is the best nation, is the only nation. Thanks, Q. Later. There he goes. That's Nick in Connecticut. And, man, I'm telling you, funny that people say that about me when I'm on a radio show on, on Fox Sports Central Texas. Somehow, anytime the Raiders come up, like if we have a guest on the show or something, someone will always say, Q, your Raiders this or your Raiders that. Or someone, a listener will call in and say something about the Raiders. Or now that the Cowboys are going to play or host the Raiders on Thanksgiving, it's like, oh, what are your Raiders going to do against my Cowboys? It's so funny, man. Every time uh, the Ra- Raiders come up in any conversation, I'm always the first guy everyone thinks about. So uh, it's pretty cool. I understand exactly where you're coming from from thank you so much for that call my man next up is a text from avant raider he says hey it's avant raider i grew up a mile from candlestick and my dad raised me a raider fan i once asked him why candlesticks right over there he said life is full of loss and hard-fought wins i'm raising a man i'm raising you a raider fan also dude grew up in the 60s and 70s i love the tribute to the nation you speak the language man it's why you have a loyal fan base your show is on brand to a t that's from avant raider and thank you so much for that and yeah man it's funny man growing up in the bay i had a bunch of friends that were 49er fans and everybody was doing the cool thing which was you know rooting for the 49ers and i i kept going the other direction i was like nah man i'm a i'm a rock with the silver and black man i'm gonna be a raider fan so it was funny when i went to my 20th high school reunion me and the wife went a couple of my buddies told the wife like man your husband, he was the only one of all of us that was rooting for the Raiders. Is he still rocking with the Raiders? The wife's like, yes, yes, he's still, no doubt about it, he's still a Raider dude. Man, he was the only one out of all of us that was rocking with the Raiders. So, yeah, totally understand. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different, man. You're, it's just a different dude. You takes a different person to be a Raider fan. It's not for everybody. Trust me on that. It's not for everybody, but uh, the ones that it is for, it's pretty special. So thank you so much for that text. Next up, I got a call from Professor Raider in Ann Arbor. He's calling to talk about what he believes John Gruden's offensive philosophy is and what he's attempting to do. Here he is, Professor Raider, calling out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hey, what up? It's Professor Raider in Ann Arbor. Hey, um, I wanted to give my thoughts on what I think Gruden's trying to do offensively and the blueprint he's used. You know, we know that Gruden's stubborn and he's going to stick with what works. And so if you look at back in the day, we had Wheatley and Garner, and I could see that with Jacobs and Drake. I think Jacobs isn't a bruiser like Wheatley. He's more dynamic, but he can bruise. You've seen him run over some people, truck some people. He messed up his shoulder on that Green Bay truck. Um, but I think, you know, to give him some blows, give him some definitely more change of pace with Drake. Uh, I could see that equivalent. And you talked about Carr. I loved your uh, PFF analysis of Carr. <clears throat> and yeah, I, I think you're right. I think um, Carr is starting to do better with using his feet and making plays. But uh, if you think about the quarterback, Rich Gannon, back in the day, he wasn't known for like scrambling, but he could use his feet and make plays and create plays. And I think if Carr can do that, and take another jump will we'll be pretty good. And uh, we all know that that car gets too cute holding the ball, and he, I hate how he, like, flicks that ball up up front when he's running out of bounds to get additional yards. I say that in air quotes because I don't even know if, if he ever gets the measurement for that. But then what, what drives me crazy is he gets cute in the goal line, and he fumbles the ball, 
and that's happened too many times. And I don't remember Rich Gannon ever fumbling. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was younger and I just had these rose-colored glasses, but I, I never remember Rich Gannon, Gannon fumbling at all. So that's got to stop the car. Um, and this is my last point. In, in regards to wide receiver, how do you compare Tim Brown and Jerry Rice, some of the greatest, but, but they were at the tail end of their careers when the Raiders were going to the playoffs and making the Super Bowl and all that. And one of the things I remember was they weren't running nine routes all the time and, and burning people. They, they kind of lost some of their speed. But when that offense was coming, they were running three and four routes all day. And they couldn't be stopped. And so I think can Edwards and Ruggs and our other run receivers, but I'm thinking those two, really perfect those comeback and curl routes with their car using his feet and I think that is gonna be that's gonna be key. If we can do that and then um the offense will be will be good this this season. And it's not like the offense was bad last season. There he is, Professor Raider, Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, yeah, man, your, your thoughts on the offensive philosophy is spot on. That's, of course, what uh, John Gruden wants to do. He wants to have those running backs. He wants to have those guys, you know, carry the rock, tote the rock, and, and take the air out of the game. And, I mean, we all know what his philosophy is. And, uh, of course, when it comes to Carr, like I mentioned in segment number two, he's making some plays with his legs and getting better, but he's got to protect the ball better. It's just a must. He's got to do that. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up is a text from Easton Raider. Yo, Q, non-Raider related, but did you ever find your turtle? <laughs> My daughter lost her turtle in our yard. We ended up moving, and the neighbor found her seven months later. So I thought of you. Go Raiders. That's from Easton Raider. And unfortunately, Easton Raider, I was not so lucky. Uh, little homie never returned. Nope, he's out there doing his thing. I think he might have found his way to the creek or might have found his uh, little lady friend turtle. And he's having little turtle turtle babies, or I don't know what he's doing, man. He out there, he's he's a lost soul. He's just kind of cruising the streets, you know. He's just he, he's you know you know how it is, man. You know the youngsters always they want to leave home, and then when they get out there on their own and they start having a family, then they realize, oh man, this sucks. I need to get back home. And now he's probably out there looking for home and can't find it. So I don't know where little homie's at, man. But I'm glad your daughter found her turtle. That's awesome. At some point, I'm a. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. The wife's listening. She she doesn't want another little homie. But either way, it's all good. We're going to get one at some point. Anyway, so that's all. Appreciate the text, my man. Next up, I got a call from Mike in SoCal. He's calling to talk about Tuesday's show and talks about the schedule, something he wanted to point out about the schedule. Here he is, Mike in SoCal. Hugh, my boy. First time caller. This is Mike Rod in SoCal. I uh, just finished listening to the show right now. Great take on the Raider Nation, man. There's only one nation out here, Raider Nation. I just wanted to give a call. Uh, I give you a, a thing I've been thinking about with the schedule coming up. Uh, I see you, the way you talk about it, going back and forth, home, away, home, away. That home game with the Ravens is going to be a big game. It's not going to be easy. Hit Pittsburgh on the second week, 10 a.m. It's going to be tough as well. But then we're home. We got the Dolphins at home. And then we travel to L.A. Say what you want to say, but that's our home away from home. I know how those games go. And that's going to be a good game out here in L.A. against the Chargers. And then we're back home for the Bears. So there's a little stretch right there that we don't travel a lot. Stay in town. Make sure we rest. And uh, I just wanted to hit you with that. See what you think. Uh, and I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the season, man. There's never been an off season. I've been so active during the off season, following everything. A lot of it's thanks to you. I appreciate what you do. You have a great show, man. 
And uh, that's it. Raider Nation, just win. There's my man Mike. Good call. Appreciate you. And, yeah, anytime there's a game in L.A. or previously San Diego, that's definitely considered a, a Raider home game. So you're spot on about that. I just don't like the optics of the, of the schedule, the first seven games where it's back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, you, you're right. That stretch, at least they don't have a lot of traveling. That's, that's a good positive about the schedule for sure. Thanks so much for that call. Appreciate you being a new booty on the show. And finally, we'll close things down with a text from J.C. Raider out of Ogden, Utah. Q. J.C. Raider out of Ogden, Utah. I love today's podcast. That's what's up. Raider Nation for life. How much abuse have we as Raider fans taken from other teams? And guess what? We are still here. We aren't Charger fans who leave our team when they move. Hell, the Raiders are in their third home, and we are still here. I live in Utah, and when I see a Raiders fan, there's an instant bond. We are friends right then and there. I have had people question why am I a Raider fan, but never if I'm a Raider fan because I represent the Raiders every day. We are the most loyal and best fan base in sports, period. End of story. Thank you for the hard work you put in every day so that we can have a home to come to as a Raider family. That's from JC in Ogden, Utah. And as many other Raider fans have appreciated Tuesday's show, just doing a salute to Raider Nation, uh, that's one right there, man. And definitely appreciate that text. And, yeah, people question all the time, like, why are you a Raider fan? Why? Especially I hear it all the time being in Texas. But it, they never question, are you a Raider fan? You're right about that because they know. They know, as a matter of fact, like, yep, yep, that dude, he's definitely a Raider fan. He's going to represent. So they, they know. They might question why, but they never question if. So that's a great point there, man. Definitely appreciate it. So that's all I got for you for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more uh, more calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, more news and notes, and we'll see if we have a special guest. I'm working on something. I'm cooking up. A, or I'm working on cooking up a special guest. I think that we're going to have one. I'm not 100% positive, but I believe that that's going to happen. So I won't even mention who it's going to be or what they're going to be talking about. But I do believe we'll have a special guest on tomorrow's show, so we will see it. So until then, Raider Nation, appreciate all the love, appreciate all the texts and calls and tweets. Uh, Keep doing what you do. Take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.